You are listening to an Elam Church Christchurch podcast. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired by the message you are about to hear. And if you're ever in Christchurch, why don't you pop in and say hello? We'd love to connect. Well, I'd like to invite uh, Jennifer Wilkinson to come forward. You can come forward now and I'll pray for you in a moment. But uh, just while she's coming forward, it's, it's a real honor to have Jennifer come and share with us. Um, Jennifer is an incredibly faith-filled and faithful woman. And uh, so often in life, we admire certain traits in, in pastors and, and in ministers. But I think that one of the things that we need to admire the most is faithfulness. So we just honor you for that. Uh, and looking forward to hearing from you. I'd just like to pray for you. Holy Spirit, I just ask right now that you just come and speak through Jennifer, that the words that she speaks would not be her own words, but would, would carry your weight, the weight of glory, and it would hit their mark in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. So <clears throat> lovely to be here with you all. Just a scripture that really honours the Lord. I just read this this morning. Salvation belongs to our God, who sits upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. Praise and glory, wisdom and thanks, honour and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Our God is a wonderful Wonderful God. I'm sure that you've all got Christmas memories. Well, I've, <clears throat> David and I have been involved with Christmas productions over the years, Christmas special events, Christmas plays, Christmas dramas, Christmas choirs. We've had the most amazing years of Christmassy things, and one of the most memorable things that um, I, I just think about whenever we sing that chorus, O come, let us adore him, I just see in my, I have in my mind going down to Mount Hutt Elam Church years ago and Mark, Jean's son, and Lydia, they put on this amazing display for their community. They didn't have their own church at that time. And they put this amazing display on in the community centre. So it was indoors, and we walked in, and <clears throat> they had arranged for some local business people to decorate some Christmas trees. And these Christmas trees were arranged in like a, a small avenue. So you walked into this avenue of Christmas trees. And, of course, Christmas trees are always a pleasure at Christmas, the lights and all the pretty things that... Uh, we love about Christmas. The Christmas tree is one of those things that every, nobody really doesn't like a Christmas tree unless you don't like the pine smell of a real one. A lot of us have, um, a lot of us have fake trees because we can't cope with the uh, hay fever. <laughs> anyway, we walked through the line of Christmas trees and you couldn't see around the corner. But when you turned the corner there was this most amazing thing that you were drawn, you were just drawn in to be part of it. And <clears throat> it was life-size and it was life-like. And it was Joseph and Mary and the baby, which of course was a doll, in a little 
feeding trough, manger thing. It was absolutely <clears throat> just like a big surprise. Didn't expect to turn the corner and see this scene. There were no animals, there were no birds and butterflies, there were no sheep and donkeys and cows and all the things that are often in. Um, there were no wise men. There was just a couple and a baby. And there were, might have been a bit of hay scattered round. And I just about burst into tears. I just, it was ju just took me, took my breath away. And <clears throat> we couldn't stop because there were a lot of people following on behind us to, to see. I just wanted to stay there. I just wanted to stand and watch and look at this baby. But I was also very incredibly impacted by the fact that Joseph was standing and looking down and Mary was kneeling by this little manger looking at the baby. And I just felt like the only appropriate thing to do was to just kneel down beside Mary. That was all I felt I could do. But I couldn't really do that right then and there because people I didn't want people coming and tripping over me because they would have missed the whole thing. It was absolutely beautiful and I've never forgotten it. It was just a picture of adoration, which is always the picture of a couple with a new baby. If you take photos of a couple with a new baby, it is actually, usually, a picture of adoration. And that was the picture. And I just felt like God had given me a very small glimpse of what it might have been like to be there. Because in the beginning, at the birth of Jesus, there was only two people and a baby. There was no other available help. And they were there, it seems they were there on their own to look at this baby and to bring this baby into the world. I've never forgotten it. The story of Christmas is a story of faith. Joseph and Mary were an engaged couple looking forward to a wedding. And their story is a story of miracles. They were looking forward to something that they were planning, and God intervened with something that he was planning. With news that completely changed their world. Everything in their world changed when God intervened in their planned future. I wonder if you've ever received unexpected news. Maybe good news, maybe not so good news, maybe bad news. But you just know that this news is going to change everything. That this news, will have to, you will have to make some huge adjustments because you've received this news. So life can be like that. Life can present us with some very unexpected moments. We are planning on a certain direction and something happens. So this couple's story is about their response to God's intervention. When Mary was visited by the angel Gabriel with the news that she was to become the mother of God, she didn't respond with great faith in the beginning, it seemed like she was a bit frightened that this was happening, it was unexpected, and <clears throat> but after that initial fright and confusion, her response was one of faith, 
the news was good news, but there were going to be some huge adjustments and there were going to be some huge challenges ahead for them. Have you ever been in that place with the news that you've received? So one of the first things the angel said to Mary was, don't be afraid. That was before he'd even given her the news. Don't be afraid, Mary. I think we've got those words up, have we? Don't be afraid, Mary, was what he said. How hard is it to not be afraid when you get unexpected news or when something happens that you know is just going to change a lot of things or that you know is going to require you to make some big adjustments. You're going to have to make the adjustments because of this news. And we don't always feel comfortable to begin with, with having to do that. I think it's a miracle to not be afraid at such times. I have had that miracle. You know, I've had news that hasn't been good. I have had that miracle. But I haven't, I've been a bit like Mary sometimes. But that's not my first response. Isn't oh, this is a miracle. It'll be wonderful to uh, see how this goes. <laughs> that's not our first, that's not our first reaction. And Mary just was normal person. She had that same reaction. But with God's help, it's possible to overcome whatever fear might want to overwhelm us. I wonder if they knew the verse from Isaiah. You probably know this verse. I wonder, they probably knew the scriptures. I wonder if they knew this beautiful verse. Isaiah 41 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged. Another version says, don't be dismayed. That's our, often our first reaction, dismay. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I've had news that has made me kind of almost collapse on the floor. God says, I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Mary's words to the angel's news showed that she had these two essential qualities. I think we've got them on the screen. The first one is faith in the promise of God. When she got over her fright, she remembered that she did actually have faith in God and that she had faith in the promise of God. But she also had willingness to be involved in the process of bringing Jesus into the world. God wasn't just going to drop Jesus down in the manger. She was going to have to be involved in that happening. And so she had faith, but she also had willingness to be involved. In Luke 1, 38, these are Mary's words. I am the Lord's servant. Be it unto me according to your word. I think that's a declaration of faith. I really think that that is her showing that she was trusted. She would have to trust God with this. She didn't have anywhere else to go with it except to trust God. If this is what God says, then this is what I'll be doing. Basically, that was her attitude. And then when Mary went to visit her relative Elizabeth, who was pregnant, amazingly, after being years of childless, another miracle... 
Elizabeth said to her, this is Luke 1.45, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And you are blessed if you believe that the Lord will do what he said. There's great blessing in believing that God will do what he says he will do. I wonder if you've ever hard, found it hard to believe that. Sometimes it's very hard to believe that the Lord will do what he promised. There's times when you're going to need to believe because, you know, sometimes we have a promise from God and we don't see it and we don't see it and we don't see it and then we start to question. It takes faith to believe that God will do what he says no matter how long it takes. So Mary responded to Elizabeth's words with a beautiful declaration of praise about who God is. And her words have never, ever been forgotten. Some churches call her words the Magnificat. It's a great, a great song of who God is. So let's read this, Luke 1, 46 to 55. She said, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation of those who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for he made his pr this promise to Abraham and his children forever. So really what she was, she was saying was, God, he is the saviour. He is the God who sees. She said, he's the God who sees me. He's the God who sees you. He is holy. He is merciful. He is strong and powerful. He has done tremendous things. He has already done tremendous things. If you are saved, you'll know God has done a tremendous thing in your life. That is the first miracle that he would come and offer salvation to us. He's a provider and he fulfills his promises. If he's promised something, it will be happening. It may not be happening right this minute, may not be happening next week, but if God has promised it, it will be happening. It wasn't God's plan for Mary to have a miraculous pregnancy and then be left in disgrace and humiliation to bring the baby up on her own. That was not God's plan. So <clears throat> God gave her Joseph. He gave her a man to stand beside her, to be her husband, to support her. And the Bible describes Joseph as a righteous man. So, you know, way back, way back in the Old Testament times, um, God described Noah as a righteous man. So he describes Joseph as a righteous man. But he couldn't rely on Mary's faith to get them through this situation. 
I'm sure that he knew that Mary had faith, but her faith wasn't enough to sustain him through this time, which was going to be difficult for him as well. So he needed to hear from God for himself. So this unexpected news, he probably did the normal thing. He wondered what on earth he should do. So sometimes when we get unexpected news, especially if it's not good news, we, we wonder, what shall we do? And when we wonder what shall we do, it's very easy to fall into panic mode and try and make a quick decision. Oh, I better do this. Or, oh, I think I better do this. Or I don't know what to do. Maybe I'll do this. Or perhaps I should ask someone what to do. So <clears throat> the Bible doesn't tell us if he asked anyone what to do or not. But he was trying to make a wise decision, like any man would, in this difficult circumstance. This was, a, this was not what Joseph would have been expecting to hear at all. So he was trying to make a decision, and God intervened again. God gave him a dream and spoke to him in this dream. And in Matthew 1, 20 and 21, this is what God said to him. Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. That's do not be afraid again. God knew Joseph would need to, some reassurance. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So that was very similar to the message that Mary received. She'd been given the same message, including the words, do not be afraid. So Joseph needed to have what Mary had. He needed to have faith in the promise of God, and he needed to be will willing to be involved. His first thoughts were not to be involved. His first thoughts were, oh, maybe I should end this relationship. This relationship shouldn't really be happening now. So he was going to make a decision about that, but he had to change his mind about that when God spoke to him and be willing to be involved. That was a hard decision. That was probably the hardest decision he'd ever had to make. The, the couple had to rely on the guidance and the help of the Holy Spirit as they adjusted their lives to fit in with God's plans. Because these plans were not their plans, they were God's plans. Maybe you have experienced having to make adjustments to fit in with God's plans. When we decide to follow Jesus, there are times when we have to make adjustments to fit in with God's plans. We think we know what the plans are and then God shows us something that causes us to maybe change our plans and we have to decide if we're going to fit in with God's plans. So Joseph needed faith, like Mary had, and a willingness to be involved. God confirmed to Joseph that the baby would be a boy, and God gave Joseph the name to call the baby, and the reason that he was given the name Jesus. And the reason he was given the name Jesus is because Jesus means saviour, or the Lord saves. So God told him exactly what he needed to be doing. Joseph loved God, and the story shows that he really cared about his relationship with Mary. He was chosen 
Mary was chosen. We, we don't hear much about Joseph, but Joseph was chosen by God to be part of the story, part of the plan of salvation for the world. And when he knew what God wanted him to do, he responded with obedience to do it. I think he was a man of faith. I think he had the normal reactions that we all have when something unexpected happens and we don't know what to do. But I think deep down he was a man who loved God. He was a man who loved the woman he was going to marry. He was a man who wanted to do what God showed him to do, no matter how hard it was. Maybe he needed to remember those words, do not be afraid, when they had to go to Bethlehem, I think, I'm not sure, I didn't look it up in kilometres, but I think it was about 90 miles from <coughs> Nazareth to Bethlehem. And so that was a journey on foot and probably they had a donkey. I don't know how Mary would have got on the donkey and, you know, and with a baby suddenly almost arriving, how you would actually manage that, I, I wouldn't like... I mean, I've never ridden a horse, but I certainly, I certainly wouldn't like to get on a horse when I was nine months pregnant. <laughs> Maybe Joseph needed to to remember, don't be afraid when he got to when they got to Bethlehem and there was nowhere for them to stay, and he was in charge of this now because Mary needed his help. I think that was a huge responsibility for a man whose wife was about to give birth. Nowhere to stay, no help, no available assistance, no midwife. He probably had never delivered a baby in his life. He wouldn't have even been probably allowed to be where the babies were being delivered. A whole new world of experience that this man was not used to dealing with. Maybe God had to instruct him how to deliver a baby. Sometime later... Quite a, a wee while later, and the baby was a little, probably a little toddler, he had another visit from an angel with a warning about Herod's evil plot to kill Jesus. My goodness, if you got news like that, would you not be afraid? He had every reason to be afraid when he heard that news. Now he's responsible again for something huge, something big. Must have been a great guy. God told him to get up and take Mary and Jesus quickly to Egypt and stay there till God told him to leave. How awful that would have been for them. And that would have been a huge opportunity for fear to rise up. Maybe he needed to remember very much then, do not be afraid. You know, that, that was probably the worst news a couple could get about their child, surely. Something, somebody trying to do harm to your child, nothing worse news than that. But in faith, he did what God said. He didn't even wait for confirmation. He knew that he'd heard from God and he got up and he took Mary and Jesus and he left immediately and took them out of harm's way. You know, because Joseph was willing to listen to God, God was willing to talk to him. No different for you and I. If you're willing to listen to God, God will be willing to tell you what to do. If you need to know what to do right at the moment, there will be a time when you'll need to know what to do, believe me. 
If you, if you don't have anything at the moment that you need to know what to do with, there will come a day. And you will need to listen to God. But if you're willing to listen to God, God will be willing to talk to you and tell you what to do. The first time I, was, I really had to listen to God was when I heard the salvation message for the first time. If we're not willing to listen when God tells us we need to be saved, then we won't have that amazing experience, will we, of knowing that God has spoken to us and he will speak to us again and again and again if we respond to him. So Joseph, this wonderful servant of God, he's hardly ever talked about. He's only maybe mentioned in the Christmas story. But I just think his life is such an encouragement to anyone who has to deal with something unexpected. And if you have to make huge adjustments because of something that happens, remember this man's story. The God who took care of Joseph and Mary in the biggest upheaval of their lives is the same God who will take care of you and I. He's the same God. He's the God who sent Jesus because he came, he sent him to be the saviour of the world, the saviour that every single person needs. Jesus trusted his Father God, but he also was willing to be involved. He was willing to be involved with us. He was willing to be involved in that journey that was so difficult. We've got every reason to sing, O come, let us adore him. So it's a privilege for me to share these thoughts from the Christmas story with you. Maybe you don't know what to do right at the moment about something in your world. Or maybe you just need to stop and believe again for a promise that God hasn't yet fulfilled. You just need to know that he will. Just need to know that he will. Just take hope again. Keep a hold of the promises of God. Don't let them go because they're not fulfilled yet. I just know that this church has some wonderful, a wonderful future in God. And I pray that as you come and as you meet together, your times together will be filled with God's presence. And that you'll be blessed as you believe that God will do what he says he will do, not just with you personally, but with your church. God loves his church. He loves this church. He loves his people. And if you're willing to listen to him, he will be willing to talk to you over and over again. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Church Christchurch podcast. For more information about our church, you can visit www.elamchristchurch.org or connect at one of our services every Sunday at 10am.